0: podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spatieri, joined by well, Duminal Crossing is here, which is fantastic. But by God, after months and months of uh, of scheduled mishaps and and me bailing on shows and Dak being busy, the two of us are here together again. Dak, my friend, how are you?
1: I, I know, man. I've been playing hard to get, and I apologize <laughs> for that. Um, yeah, man. I've been good. It's good to have. It's good to have the squad back. Oh. It's good To be back with you, and of course yeah. the three of us. Um, yeah, man. It's, it's actually wild. It feels like it feels like it's also been a while, but also it feels like it hasn't been. It's just like we're b- right back at it. Um, right. So,
0: well, some people so ask me cool. like, um, they're like, "Hey, is like, wait, wait, where's Dak been?" And I'm like, "What do you mean?" Because I, I feel like I talk to you all the time. So it's like. He's right there, but I guess, yeah, on the, on the actual podcast, uh, it, it's definitely been a minute.
1: That's the thing, too, is that, you know, I do all the website stuff, so, like, yeah. I am work I work on the site every day, you know, it's not like I haven't been around, it's just I've been busy on the weekends, yeah. you know, I was in Toronto, I was in Nashville, I was at a bunch of shows, I was a bunch of, you know, out-of-town kind of things, um, and just our schedules didn't align, and then, obviously, I've had classes on, on Monday nights, which is kind of our, like... Backup day, which we, I haven't been able to use. So, yeah, you know, it's it's summertime. You know, Dax got to spread his wings. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's good that we got our schedules to, to line up again. Yes. Um, and... It feels and, like and, and, yeah. we're
0: whole once more. Yes, and yes. not only that, but uh, in addition to hearing these gentlemen's lovely voices, I am looking at their lovely faces as well. And we're trying something new, trying something a little bit uh, different, uh, something that yeah. we haven't done on this show before, but something that we have been doing quite successfully over on the ZeldaCast, and that is uh, recording our, our mugs while we talk about Metroid and uploading that to our YouTube channel. So um, the goal here is that eventually, as uh, soon as probably this week, assuming all goes well, you'll be able to uh, watch this full episode with video over on uh, our our YouTube channel, and, um, you know, we yep. even have, uh, you know, if, if you don't have time to watch like a whole hour plus worth of, uh, you know, Omega Metroid podcast content, um, that's okay. We do have some people that are working on clipping some some bits in, in part two into a little bit more digestible uh, chunks. So, lots of cool uh, reasons to head over to our YouTube channel and check us out, which is uh, you, youtube.com uh, forward slash Omega Metroid. That being said, we've been talking. How you doing, Doom?
2: Doing pretty good. It's been uh, quite an eventful weekend. Thursday, uh, we streamed the new Mario Kart tracks, uh, the new Wave 2 that just dropped. We got uh, three stars and all the engine classes on streamed. And then uh, a couple nights ago, during the 36th anniversary of the original NES, or technically the Famicom Metroid title, because we're talking Japan here, but on the 36th right. anniversary, I decided at the last second uh, to do a Metroid stream. But I wanted to do something a little weirder. I didn't want to do a traditional Metroid uh, stream stream. So I left it up to uh, my new Discord to choose, and they unanimously chose Metroid Prime Hunters. And so I played uh, Hunters for the first time in well over a decade, probably since, like, middle school for me. And I gotta say, you know, despite the fact that the campaign is, I mean, let's be honest, it's a fairly mediocre campaign experience in in terms of Metroid games goes. I'm not gonna lie, though, despite all that, man, I had so much fun Going through that campaign and just, you know, reliving that nostalgia and just, you know, going over these things that I forgot about. And like, I don't know what it is, but there's like, there is a certain charm about Metroid Prime Hunters that I just absolutely adore. Um, And I cannot wait to uh, complete that game next time I go live.
0: Save it for when we, uh, when we map Metroid, uh, because our rumor has it that the next mapping Metroid segment could possibly be from that game that you are talking about uh so we are bringing back mapping metroid after a i actually just looked you guys know how long it's been since our last mapping metroid
1: six months sky town yeah right
0: it's been it's been a minute um but before we get there um just really quickly want to you know you mentioned that you were streaming i so i was streaming a lot of uh metroid prime as well and i powered through it this weekend but uh um, one thing that I woke up to this morning, and I don't know if this interests you guys or not, and if it doesn't, we could just move right on. But there is a Splatoon three Nintendo Direct. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's fair to say at this point, it doesn't look like Splatoon three from Splatoon two is like a a giant uh, evolutionary leap. But um, you know, I, I guess maybe we can uh, maybe we can see a little bit of. I feel like we. I feel like there must be a- another hook or something like that that we don't know about this game yet, so I'm hoping to see that. I think I'm probably still going to pick it up, but I do think that it probably could use something like this, where it's like, okay, this is why you should buy this and not just keep playing Splatoon 2. Um, did this uh, pop your guys' radar at all?
2: I feel like we kind of all expected like a big Splatoon 3 Direct before the game dropped. These are usually traditional. I mean, I believe both of the last Splatoon titles had kind of a self-contained Direct, but... I mean, as for my personal thoughts, I, I've talked about it in the Discord. I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on the podcast before, but, you know, despite the fact that I am a big Splatoon fan, I even have some merch set up, like, over there off camera, I just, honestly, I feel nothing about this game right now. Like I'm Like, I'm sure it's going to be great. Like, I'm sure if, like, I had a copy in my hand and I started playing it right now, I'd have fun, but, you know, right now there isn't enough new information that's gotten me excited to where I'm like, okay... I need to play this over the last platoon games that I already have. And so I'm hoping that this game or this next direct, I mean, you know, gives us something more substantial than, Oh, you can now pass the eggs in a salmon run, which to be fair is a pretty cool addition, but not worth $60 alone.
1: Well, I mean, isn't it going to be like 30, 45 minutes. So I I would hope that it's going to have all the information and more that you want. I, I, I agree though. I think it's a game that like when it comes out, I'll play it. But it's not like a like I'm sitting there anticipating it. Right. But uh you know, You're- I've kind of fallen off for Splatoon. So but I'm I'm excited because I like the multiplayer aspects of it. So we'll see. I didn't really get too much into the campaign stuff. I'm gonna play Splatoon, I'm gonna play online. So we'll see. I am interested in playing it and I'll probably check out that direct because it's probably the first one I've been at least moderately excited for. Out of all the directs that have been announced this year, so that, you that's you, uh,
0: you weren't excited for the Xenoblade Chronicles Three direct. You have probably been busy playing that game.
1: Oh, I actually have already beaten it. I played <laughs> it more than than Dread. Uh, I, I I part of me wants to like give it a chance. I just can't bring myself to do it because I know I'm probably not gonna like it. But I hate to like knock on something that I haven't tried. So I actually I think run. you
0: might like the gameplay, but I think you'd hate the story. Like it's the, the, like the story grates, story grates on me characters. and I feel like my tolerance is a little bit higher for that. I know than yours. I'm not
1: gonna like it. Yeah, I know yeah. I'm not gonna like it. Uh you said, by the way, going back to Metroid, which is what the show is about, um, you were <laughs> playing Metroid Prime, I would assume, in an anticipation mm. or like for this episode. Yes. Um you were playing it on Dolphin. Were you playing it on controller or are you I assume you're playing it on controller or mouse and keyboard? You're playing it on controller. I'm okay. playing on controller. I am um, um, yeah. I I just so I just sent my hard drive my external hard drive into the shop to get fixed because it has oh God, it stopped working I learned a lot about hard drives when I dropped it off to this guy very interesting stuff um, not to bore you with the details but it seems like I had maybe dropped it at one point but then like after you drop it it doesn't necessarily stop working immediately it'll stop working like weeks after from that drop which I, I think see. is what happened anyway I was making a game on RPG Maker on that drive which is why I want it but also all my Dolphin files. We're on that drive, so my prime hack setup, my dolphin, you know game states and all that are all gone no So way. I had to reinstall all of that stuff reinstall oh. prime hack and all that stuff together Honestly not the worst thing But I'm excited to get back into that because prime hack for Metroid Prime is the best way to play Prime and trilogy and Metroid games in general uh, It's so good very clearly made uh, for mouse and keyboard and it's held back by its controller status So I'm looking forward to getting back into that um, I did play it the normal way, uh, for this, just because I didn't have it set up in time. I just like you know, it, up. it
0: was hard to go back to the tank controls. I will definitely give
1: you that. I it can't go back. That's like the literally the it, one it's, thing. It was tough. Like you know, aside from like the fetch quests at the end, which I I don't really mind too much. The thing that really holds the game back are the controls. Um, so. To fix that makes it a near perfect game, which it already is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you haven't checked it out, anyone listening, I feel like I've said this multiple times, Prime Hack, it's the way to go. It's the best way to play Metroid. Well, let me ask you guys a question
0: and bring it full circle and then we will get on to mapping Metroid here. But um, is there a a similar kind of hack for like a DS emulator where you can play Hunters but with a controller? Because I would, that would be a complete game changer for me. If that I feel existed. like that's
2: I feel like that's Spire fans that's, department. Spire uh, maybe maybe idea. that okay, yeah. Unity remake I would pro- would probably be the closest thing that you would get to that. But as far mm-hmm. as I'm aware, there isn't really. He's a probably modification. typing right now. He probably just sensed that we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I feel
1: like he just dropped a video in the Discord that I was talking to him about um, about emulating it on PC and being able to use either regular controls or oh. mouse and keyboard, um, and it like translates that. So right. I'll have to take a look because I remember him saying that, and I bookmarked the video so I can go and set it up, because that sounds awesome. And obviously, yeah, a remake of the awesome. game yeah. would be great. One thing I will, I would, one thing I
2: will say is um, I personally thought the game controls a lot better on the Wii U gamepad, because that's where, how I was streaming it, of course. Oh, but I, right. yeah, I think, it, I think it controls significantly better on the Wii U gamepad, just okay. being able to have those much bigger buttons. But you know, keep in mind, I also didn't mind the original control scheme as well. They weren't optimal, but I was able to work right. with it, so you, you, you might vary with that, so...
0: Uh, okay, well, I mean, if you are out there and you know, uh, slide into my DMs. But we've uh, we've been talking for long enough here. Let's get down to the brass tacks and let's map some Metroid. Our first mapping Metroid show in six months, and we are going to one of my favorite areas from Metroid Prime. I think it's one of your like top areas from the whole Metroid series deck. Uh, I don't know anybody that has a bad thing to say about this area. And that, of course is the Talon Overworld. And I just uh, want to, right off the bat here, I want to just right right away just let people know we will not be talking about the downed frigate section because in a future Mapping Metroid, we are going to combine that with the prologue for Metroid Prime and just do a Mapping Metroid on the frigate Orpheon. So um, we are, we're not going to be talking about that, but we will talk about everything else in Talon, including... Um, the Artifact Temple, all that good stuff. So just wanted to throw that out there if you're looking for that and you're just like, why are these guys talking about music and talent Overworld and not bringing up that track? That is why. So you will have that to look forward to on a future episode of Mapping Metroid and maybe one that's not even that far away because it's still fresh in my mind. So um, yeah. just wanted to throw I, that out
1: there. I would be down to do it pretty soon. Not only because, again, fresh in my mind, but also it's such a good area and... It's it, it's very, like, it. there's a lot of contrast, because obviously we'll talk about the beginning portion of the game and then when it returns later. So, yeah, I'm excited for that, but I'm also excited to talk about some Talon
2: Overworld. Yes! Sans
1: Orpheon. Yes. Ready to
2: sink my talons into it. Oh, man. How do we how do we just
0: boot you this get, guy out it,
2: of here? We got it out of your system. <laughs> so, that's fine.
0: Um, okay, so everybody knows how this works, mapping Metroid. We're going to talk about the general layout of the area. Uh, we're gonna talk about some specific rooms that uh, really stood out to us some specific enemies if there's any specific expansions that we really like we'll talk about the music um we'll talk about some of the the lore and story elements that go along with this particular area bosses of course and um yeah we' we'll we'll dive we'll dive into all that here but uh I guess that we should start with like the the general area of first impressions I don't think I will ever 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 forget the first time that you step off out of your ship into the Talon overworld and it's raining and there's like a stillness and and like that soft piano just kicks in. I got goosebumps right now talking about it. It gets me every time. It's, uh, God, just the, the, the world, it's such a perfect introduction into everything that Metroid Prime, I feel like was trying to, to get across. And, um, the Talon Overworld. I. I mean, I guess it's its general function in this game is to be like a hub spot because it connects to every single area except for Fendrana, uh, which I was in Fendrana playing this game on the weekend and needed to to go to Talon, and I was like, okay, well, I, no problem. There's got to be an elevator here somewhere, and there wasn't. But other than that, uh, any every single area in the game you can get to from uh, from the Talon Overworld, so it does just a, a really good job of being that centralizing hub that you can really feel like like this area almost is like the key to you know Talon 4 this planet and even though the area isn't like massive massive it feels like there's very distinct sections of it as well Mm -hmm. um one thing that that kind of took me by surprise not by surprise but I guess I just didn't remember it's like in the first like I would say like my first five hours of playing Metroid Prime because I was, I was not playing very well. So it took me probably like,
1: runner.
0: yeah, it took me probably like eight, nine hours to beat Metroid Prime. So I'd say in the first half of that, so I don't think I was in Talon for more than like 30 minutes, like total. It, it felt like you don't really get to spend a lot of time in there, mostly because it is that hub that kind of, uh, you know, leads you from one, from one point to the other. Um, so it kind of almost leaves you wanting more a little bit, which, which I think is good. Cause like one of the things in some areas of Metroid is like, God, I can't wait to get out of Meridia or like, please let me escape like the Torvus bog or whatever. Right. Like, so I, I think that Talon just really strikes a, a really nice, I don't know, balance between that. Um, but yeah, yeah amazing hub world and a uh, very distinct and very memorable for the short amount of time that you're in there.
1: Uh, yeah, agreed. I, you know, I didn't think I had the appreciation for it because, well, obviously I appreciate it, but Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion are my first Metroid games, but very clearly when you step into Town Overworld, it's very reminiscent of landing in Criteria and Super, mm-hmm. which is, you know, very much how, like, Metroid Prime is, like, in a lot of ways Super Metroid in 3D, and it has a very similar vibe. Like, you land in this open area, it's raining, it's kind of your hub to a bunch of different places, but Town Overworld mo- more so, and, and the overworld, what's great about it is, I like to think about it as less of an area that has less to do, but more so a transitory bridge area that actually feels more than just a point A to point B kind of place, which I think makes it such a good area. Cause yeah, it's not like as in-depth as a Fendrana or um, you know, a Magma Caverns, but it's better than just a straight hallway or an elevator. And not only that, it leads into the whole theming of the area, the town overworld, it's it's built like a root system that stretches yeah. over the planets, which is very much aesthetically what the place is, you know, it's a like a rainforest full of trees, full of fauna, full of roots. So I love that kind of like play on that. And pacing-wise, it works so well because the game starts off really hot. Like you're you're hot dropping into you know a frigate, you're taking out pirates, you fight this massive boss. You chase Ridley down to the you know the surface of the planet, and then the game slows down. And you you land and you're like, I've lost this dude. Like Ridley could be anywhere, and you realize that this is going to be a bigger ordeal than it seems. You're not just chasing Ridley to where he's going, and the game really like it's a very nice pacing point to get you started, get you rolling for the rest of the game, um, which I really love about it. It's obviously beautiful, like you said, super immersive. You look up at those raindrops for the first time, you're looking out at the gray, overcast, stormy skies. You know the the gray green and the bluing radiated like lichen and all that like it's it's perfect such an awesome backdrop and like you said it really gets the the story going the game going it's it's light on story but it it sets the tone and mm-hmm, the yeah. feel of the game yes which is incredibly important and you're right you don't st- spend a lot of time in there initially but you know you're just Metroid style. You're going to come back and check out a lot of this stuff. You're going to walk by something like, I know I'm going to be able to come back here. I have to come back here later. And that's obviously very true of the rest of the game and, and all Metroid games. So, yeah, it's it's such a perfectly well-done area. It's so essential Metroid Prime, but it's so essentially Metroid. And obviously, it's important to the game structurally. But I think it's really important to the overall tone of the game. And they, they honestly really nailed it. Like you said, it's one of my favorite areas and, and moments in any metro game, just landing there for the first time. Even mm-hmm. after you just had that sick landing at the frigate and Samus jumps off the the, the ship and, and looks around, you got the the fanfare plan. But I think this landing, even more so, is more iconic and absolutely love it. So yeah, those those are my initial like thoughts and feelings about, about Really the quick area. before
0: you go dude, I, I completely agree with something you said, Dak. I think it's like I think that this was maybe like the most important um like first impression of the metroid series in a way because like you know mm-hmm. when this came out a lot of people are still iffy on like metroid as a first person shooter and like is it gonna yep. be good is it whatever uh, man the first time that you step on talon and you take it all in and like there's all these branching all that doors away. that you can go through and the, the the incredible like the foliage the water like i think it immediately puts people at ease and it's just like okay this is this is going to be a metroid experience
2: absolutely yeah, for me, that that Talon 4 landing sequence, this was the moment I became a Metroid fan right here. Mm. Because the only Metroid title I played before then, you know, outside of, you know, being introduced to Samus or Smash was a little bit of Metroid 2. But this was like the first title I really sank my teeth in. And it was at this moment where I knew that I was getting myself into something that I had never experienced before. And, you know, I really like something that you mentioned, Dak, and that's the contrast between this and the Frigate Orpheon in particular. Because the Frigate Orpheon, like you mentioned, it's this broken-down, derelict ship. You're constantly, like, you know, fighting these, you know, these intelligent enemies vendetta that clearly vendetta. have <laughs> a vendetta against against yeah. you. You're fighting all these mutated experiments. It's very mechanical and artificial. Yeah. And then you, you contrast that with this beautiful, lush forest that hasn't been overtaken, you know... By, you know any of these technologies or anything like that it's totally out there in the open you have some you have some remnants of the chozo civilization but even but even then it's it's very spiritual in nature at the same time with a lot of that chozo technology mm-hmm. um, a lot of that phase on corruption also hasn't entered entered the surface yet and so it feels like the one safe zone of the planet and uh you know and again i would be uh, I would be uh, broken if I didn't bring up again our boy Kenji Yamamoto um, with the incredible Planet Talon Four arrangement that oh, we'll opens there. up we'll that opens up this planet and yeah it just like like you all said it just it sets the the tone of the game so well and it's really it's I would put it probably in like my top three gaming experiences of all time landing on Talon Four it's not important to me
0: yeah like the the way. Criteria and Talon just mirror each other with the rain coming down. is just absolutely fantastic. We'll we'll definitely get to music because I have a funny story about you, Doom, to tell when we get there. But uh, oh, let's uh let's talk about some uh, specific rooms that we really enjoy here. And and I think it's probably appropriate that we talk about the landing site itself because I feel like the landing site is um is kind of like a, a microcosm of what Talon is because that area in particular is like a hub to four or five different doors that you can go through. Like it connects to the artifact temple. It connects to um, the crash site. It connects to East or West or whatever uh, part of town that you get to make more in. Um, and, and actually one thing that you do a lot in Metroid prime, at least I did a lot is you kind of come back here like frequently enough during your adventure. And, and I feel like that's kind of noteworthy because like, I feel like in, uh, in many Metroid games, I'm thinking like Metroid prime two and, not three, but definitely two, definitely fusion, um, maybe zero mission, a, a handful anyways. Your ship is kind of like out of the way and like you have to, to kind of mm-hmm. make a point to go back to your ship if you want to go there. Whereas this one I feel like is very central and it's like, okay, well, like I'm, I'm going through this hub world in Talon and uh, I might as well go to my ship because it's going to, you know, recharge me and, and save my game and stuff like that. So I feel like that was always accessible and comforting i mean the, the the actual like room itself is fantastic we just talked about it the, the rain and the waterfalls and the the the, the foliage everywhere is, is just like so incredible but it, it there's one thing that i really love about it and it's like this sense of like safety that you get in that room you know like i can go here i can explore freely um my ship's right there if anything goes wrong or anything bad happens uh mm-hmm. and and yeah just like a very a very strong room that represents, I think, perfectly what the overall area is, is all about. So that one sticks out to me immediately. I've got a few more here, but um, we can we can kind of go around if you guys like, or uh, however you want to do it. I can keep going.
2: Well, um, I thought that was a really good example that you brought up, especially um, you know with how um, its utility serves as kind of the bridging point between those different kind of quadrants of the area especially because like if you think about it the literally the room to the space jump boots is right behind uh the ship and you don't even know that until like an hour into your adventure
1: yeah uh that's actually funny you bring that up because i want to say two things about that first one of the things that always stuck out to me even when i first originally played this game is like there's a bunch of doors you can see from the ship mm-hmm. and like obviously there's like one or two that are very like just just out of your reach like oh i'm, I'm gonna get you but one of the first tricks I ever learned to do in a Metroid game, and I don't think you can do it on the trilogy version, but the original version of the game you could do uh, a scan jump and use the uh, scanning something to jump up to that and skip um, like that area like to get to that higher ground so you get the space jump boots early. And I remember learning about that, I think, on like, GameFAQs. Like, oh, Way back man. in the day. Um, That's a throwback. Um, yes. So... That was one of the first things I had learned to do, like, and I wasn't good at it, and like I tried it. I, th- I don't even. I think I might have gotten it once. And I'm like, all right, I did it, and then that was it. Um, but that's that's something that you can do. And like I said, I think I looked it back up again, and you can't do it in the. I think I got patched for the trilogy version, but it's in the original. So huh. if you if you have a version of that game, um, I don't remember how it works exactly. I think you like lock onto of like the 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 sacks like it or like some one of the scan points that's like kind of higher up in the room Mm -hmm. and you use that to like um do like a side dash you know um and jump up there and get the space jump boots early so that's that's a cool part that i always remember from that room
0: man that's uh you know I hear something funny i i used to when i was like 12 or yeah 12 13 i used to go on like the game facts forums all the time i think about five years ago I wanted to see if my account was still active, and it was. And there was, like, the same people posting that were posting when I was, like, 12 <laughs> Just 13. never leave. Yeah.
1: Terminally online. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, fantastic, fantastic room. A uh, really good example of, like, what to expect when you get it to Talon. One of my favorite rooms, I have two, like, just absolutely, like, rooms that I love in this place. And the first is the Great Tree Hall. Uh, this, yeah. this one is, like, such a cool, again, it's kind of like a hub because there's, like, um, three different doors that take you to three different parts of Talon 4, um, and I, I kind of have, like, a soft spot for, like, those big tree rooms, it kind of looks like Avatar or whatever, and, it, like, the room is so long, and it's, like, divided, too, uh, like, when you have the, the portion underneath with the, uh, like, like, the, the ice beam doors or whatever, um, and there's also, like, kind of the, the hidden part up top, but I just, I think it's, like, a really cool room, again, the utility is there, it kind of leads you wherever you want to go and just the I don't know, the the aesthetic of it i just like I, I love i love those big tree rooms man i'm a sucker for the big trees
1: yeah i before we move on i actually i'm wrong it wasn't game facts it was the insider nintendo insider forums if it, oh if no any that's a throwback we're on that if i andy were you on the insider forums i no,
0: i was not no. i was game facts yeah
1: I I wasn't on Game Max, but I went to it sometimes, but Insider I was on, and I'm pretty sure that's where I like learned it or like got a link to it there. So if any of y'all right. have been on Insider, I was Chain Chomp Master 30 or CCM thirty <laughs> back in the day. Um so that's so shout out to anyone who was on Insider back in the day. Because hey. that, that's where I, Camp High Rule was my jam. Brainstruck anyway. on uh on Game Facts. Maybe yeah, I'm still yeah. there. Um
0: uh what forum are what you on
2: was... doom yeah what were you on oh i, w- I was a fellow insider as well i all was right. a rotero Rotary, all right. <laughs> i remember i remember getting into a lot of really silly arguments with people and uh oh, man. <laughs> i don't know i would i would i would love to reunite with some of those guys and have a beer though i think yeah. it'd be fun that yeah. was, that's such a throwback
1: i think i was in one of like the last sage classes <laughs> before this forum shut down and i got access to that little secret forum which was pretty cool. um, Great Tree Hall, that's what we're talking about. Um yes. This room, <laughs> I remember mostly because it reminds me, again, of, like, a Super Metroid, like, vertical room. Mm, you yeah. have to climb um, and just has that kind of platforming. I don't really have much to say to it uh, other than that, but it's kind of like a late-game kind of room in some ways that you get to, mid to late-game. It has a Spider-Ball track, yes. if I remember correctly, yes. that spiral one that goes up on the side of the wall. Um, and then... Yeah, that's what I remember. I, every time I think about that room, I think of it as, like, a quintessential, like, Super Metroid climb Vertical kind hallway, of room. Yeah, yeah so... There,
0: there's also that door oh. that's behind the tree, and we'll talk about this later, but you, there's an expansion there where you need the X-ray visor for but, like, I mm. challenge anyone listening to this to tell me that you did not try and jump on the tree to, like, get to that door before you got the visor, because I've played this game more times than I can count. I was doing that on Saturday. I was like, ah, I'm almost there, and I was falling down, and... Whatever, so yeah, I love I love this room.
2: One thing I actually really love about the X Ray Visor platforms is before you get the X Ray Visor, te- technically after you get it too, but you can actually see the invisible mm-hmm. platforms because the rain will be splattering on top of it. It's such a yeah. cool little retro detail. Um, it's um that just awesome. immerses you in the world so much more.
0: And you know what? You know what? I noticed that too. Um, after I got my X Ray Visor, I was just like, "There's got to be an invisible platform." Oh, look at the rain! It's falling, or it's landing on—it's something here. Um, so yeah, I love that room. And actually, speaking of the X reviser, I want to bring up another room that I think is like absolutely, uh, like awesome, and that is the Life Grove. And um, yes, it starts off as the room oh, that you actually Grove. get the X reviser in, but you quickly use that to break out, and it's like this giant—I don't even know what you—it almost looks like a chapel of some sorts in this incredible. Mm-hmm. Misty kind of foggy room, and you have to fight a bunch of Chozo ghosts in there. And again, there's like big trees and kind of platforms going up the trees. Um, it, it looks so awesome, and in like you, you have the awesome puzzle in that room to get the artifact of uh, I want to say the artifact of Chozo in this room, which makes sense. Um, but it, it's the way that this room looks, and with uh, I don't know, it just it it looks so incredible, and it's like you it kind of again it speaks to why I love the Talon overworld because it just looks so like pure and like uh I don't know it looks like a like a sacred kind of room and it's like this is awesome
1: yeah I, I love the life grove. It's one of my favorite rooms I think in the whole game because mm-hmm. it's a place you only go to like once pretty much and so it has that like just I don't know this feeling of like mystery to it and and, and a little bit of charm because it's like something you go to hit it once and you can look forward to it in a way i always did and it is the only place that you encounter the chozo ghosts like have an encounter with them obviously they show up at the meta ridley fight when they like at the end of that but it's the only place that they show up outside of chozo ruins and i personally love the chozo ghost encounters so like fighting them again in the town overworld is is really cool you mentioned it's like a chapel i believe it is it's some kind of some religious spot for the chozo but just like quintessential them, like it's mm-hmm. built into the land. It doesn't overtake it. It's very much intertwined with the land itself, which is absolutely indicative of who the Chozo are as as a culture, as a people. But I think it's just such a quintessential like early two thousands like room in a game. Like it's blocky and geometric. It's dark and moody. It's like misty. You can't necessarily see all the details. Because you probably don't want to, because uh, you see the, the <laughs> grainy textures. But like, but they they do it in such a way that like the less is more, and your imagination kind of fills in the gaps, right? Yeah. And it's such an awesome open kind of arena, which is perfect. Like if it was if there was like a multiplayer aspect to the game, that would totally be a map, I think. Which I can say a lot about another area in this in town overworld, which I haven't gotten to yet. Um, I, I love the life grove here. Like you said, you get the X-ray visor, which is such a cool add-on for, for the game. So, yeah, I love the Life Grove. Obviously, it has a dope name, but it has that kind of, like, air to it, this mystical kind of feel mm-hmm. to it because it's such a late-game area. It's very out of the way. It's, you know, you get the X-Ray Visor there, you get an artifact there, so you do have to go there for the end-game fetch quest. But uh, it's it it, a lot it's of... It's very
0: satisfying stuff. fighting those Chozo Ghosts, too, with the X-Ray Visor. Yes, yes. You can yes, finally cool. see those buggers and... <laughs> Blast
2: yep, them away. I love the life grove. Yeah, there's uh, no hiding this time.
0: <laughs> yeah, suckers. Um, okay, well, I, I've thrown off a couple of rooms, Dak. I think that you had, uh, had a room that you wanted to talk about, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll throw it over to you.
1: Yeah, um, there's really only two more that I am going to mention, but the one I really do want to mention, obviously, is the Artifact Temple. Yes. So, Artifact Temple is it's one of the major landmarks of the game, not just the Talon Overworld. If, if it's not the Down Frigate, it's the Artifact Temple. It's so scenic, like oh. such crazy vistas. Like when you walk across the bridge with the glass sides and you can see out into the canyon. Obviously, the rain's there. You get that change of music, which is absolutely incredibly beautiful. And you get to walk out onto the temple area, the temple grounds. And of course, it is the site of the Meta Ridley boss fight, which is awesome, which is perfect. Now, I know we're going to talk about that more, so I'll save it. But I just, it's such an incredible area because. It's I really, for me, like, it, that's the first introduction, uh, aside from, like, the Chozo Ruins, but, like, that's, like, the first kind of introduction of, like, real Chozo, like, the Chozo used to live here, obviously came here a lot, and the Chozo Ruins, it's changed a lot, right? Like, a lot of, like, Fendrana Drifts, it's been overburdened by snow and frozen over. The Artifact Temple kind of looks like how it probably was when mm-hmm. the Chozo were still inhabiting it, right? So it does feel like you kind of step back into time when you go in there as opposed to the other places where you run into Chozo structures and, and architecture. It's an incredible, it's, it's totally beautiful, again, very immersive, blissful, like it's just like the for the landing zone in a lot of ways. And it's it's honestly a, a kind of a breathtaking place to go to for the first time. And I still, one of my favorite places to go to because it's, again, very pacing wise. You slow down, you have those couple lore entries, you walk in, you know, you, you, you drop off your artifact or whatever it is, or the artifacts at the end of the game. You right. get an artifact there, so yeah, that, I, I love the artifact temple, and this is also a place I always thought would be such a cool smash stage, which again I, I could tie into the boss mm. fight that happens here. But I mean, how like, it would be such a cool map for any kind of multiplayer, and it's it's Absolute. it's an all awesome the, place. All
0: the lasers firing from the Chozo statues—that's yes. a, oh. a stage hazard right mm. there,
1: like that. And that I want to talk more about that, but I'll save it for the the boss fight section. But yeah, artifact mm. temple. One of my favorite places in, in any Metroid game, for sure.
2: You know, it's totally appropriate that for our last episode of Mapping Metroid, we did Skytown because, and we mentioned this on this episode, but if you look at the Artifact Temple and you look at the the first landing site in Skytown, they're actually intentionally modeled very similarly. So if you actually look up when you land in Skytown, it has that same like green visor window. It has that same type of um, escalation uh, risers that go to the second level. It's such a cool throwback to both of those areas. Then, of course, the landing site also mimics the Chozo artifact. On top of that, and there's just um, so many, so many cool connected details there. But of course, that's a that's a separate game entirely. The artifact temple is, of course, just such a gorgeous area, and I love that they allow you to visit it well before um, well before that Ridley fight. It gives you a taste. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm keep yeah. this in your mind. It, it, it kind of reminds me of the golden statue in Super Metroid. Like, hey, you can't go here yet, but keep this in the back of your mind this is going to be important for later yeah and that, so, that's exactly what it is yeah yeah
0: um yeah yeah I, you guys uh, i don't have anything to add i this was on my list of course too. just a uh, breathtaking incredible route. the architecture the music the the stillness of it i i i absolutely love one thing that i like from like a mechanical standpoint is um i think that like You've kind of mentioned like the fetch quest or whatever uh, a couple times. I actually like really like that in Metroid Prime because mm-hmm. I feel like it's like it's a it's a really good way for a 3D game to encourage you to like uh it, like it really accentuates the idea that exploration is like the 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 key focus of this game. Which again, it like putting yourself back in that time where you know Nintendo was like it's a first person adventure and it's about exploration. Right? It kind of it kind of like helped me kind of ease into that idea of like yeah okay like exploration really is the key here and, and I and I think that Prime 1 did it the best and in Prime 2 and Prime 3 kind of had something similar but I, I don't think it's ever been as good as it was in in Prime 1 so I always kind of liken that with the Artifact Temple and like that what a what a really good job that it did in in kind of presenting that and presenting like this is what you have to do this is what you're going to be required to do is like go and explore. Like even in Super Metroid, it was basically just like beat these four bosses and come back. Whereas Prime in the Artifact Temple in particular is like, no, you you need to get to know Talon Four and explore this planet and and really uncover its secrets before we're gonna let you fight anybody. Um, so I, I always really appreciated that about the Artifact Temple, um, and then on top of everything else that you guys said, um, you know, it makes it one of the 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 best rooms I think in Talon Four. Uh, by pretty easy, and it, it was also a great Metroid Prime pinball stage too. By the way,
2: yes, true yes. facts. Um, I, I slightly disagree. I think I think Corruption is actually the best example of like kind of the fetch, the end game fetch quest. But even so, like I totally agree with you how uh, in general I just really enjoy these. It's also something I enjoyed about a uh, Wind Waker as well. Totally separate topic there, but yeah, one of them. One of the, I think the reason why I love it so much is because there's nothing more annoying than when you get an absolutely sick upgrade at the end of the game, but then you barely get to use it, and then you roll credits. But in Metroid Prime, it forces you to use all of these abilities, including those late-game upgrades, most notably the Phazon suit, best suit in the series, all together, and you just get to go exploring the world with your new movement abilities, You know, going through all of these enemies that you know used to give you a ton of trouble, and now you can just steamroll them just effortlessly. And that, I think, is what makes the fetch quest so unique. And why I think it works so well.
0: When when we do the phase on Mines mapping Metroid, I have a story to tell about uh, uh, late game power up that I actually did use for once uh, in that area. But um, I had I wanted to keep talking about the artifact up a little bit. But I do want to mention one uh, quick area here. And we can kind of go into it as much as we want or save it. Because it's like kind of sort of part of the Orpheon, kind of sort of not. And that is the, uh, the frigate crash site which is a ginormous mm-hmm. lake that is yes. uh, literally blocking right. you from getting to the frigate. Um, has those annoying flying pirates that oh, I just hate. I love
1: and, that moment. I love it.
0: And and, and this, actually, this room is actually notorious because it has like the three worst enemies in the game all at once. It has the awful flying pirates. It has the awful, uh, I want to say they're like, I want to call them... Jezebels but that's not right like the gel zaps gel zaps gel zaps zaps, zaps. god those things are awful and it has the aqua reapers which we'll talk about when we talk about enemies in here but like literally all the worst enemies of the game are like right in this one area and like it's hard to see and it's uh, kind of a pain to navigate across without the gravity suit but I kind of like it for that because it's challenging and uh, it's uh, it's certainly a memorable room nonetheless Uh, so I thought I'd give it uh, a little bit of love even if it can be a frustrating room sometimes.
1: I I love that room. Um aside from the enemies and all that, just that moment where you show up there for the first time. It's like cuz every time I play Prime, especially the first time I played it, I got there obviously way before I had the gravity suit or anything like that. Like you uncover this area and you see this like massive structure in the back which you piece together is the frigate. I think the first time I played it, I hadn't pieced it together in time, so I was like, "What is that all the way over there?" <laughs> And then these pirates, I'm like, oh, gonna take them out. Nope, they fly away. I I love that moment so much because you know, like, I'm gonna come back here. I'm gonna and I want to check out that thing in the distance. Like, I want, I'm gonna get there, and I I absolutely love that moment. It's very, it, it's I don't know, just it's it always has stuck with me, and I'm glad you brought it up because the only other rooms I really wanted to talk about were the town canyon and the root cave, mm. which I don't have too much to say about except I I want to get to the bottom of why the chozo have half pipes all over the planet and specifically why they have one in a rainforest, which would totally get super wet and slick and you'd slide all over the place. But
0: maybe they can the root... turn into little balls and well, they, they
1: like to have fun would
2: too. I don't know. The, the don't, Chozo are know. based pro yeah. skater two enjoyers. That's why. I
1: guess I just, that's the first half pipe and it's before you can ever use it. And you're like, why is this here? And then the root cave, I always remember because that's where those beetles show up from the ground. And I always feel bad because I'm like, bros, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna melt you. And it's I don't even kill them. I think half the time. Cause I just like no. I feel bad because they're so under. They're they're not even worth my time. They're like ants compared to me. But um, aside from that, yeah, I love the the lake area, the the entrance to the, the crash site and the well, the crash site itself, and then going into the down frigate. Uh, very just very memorable area for me every time
2: really like uh, that thing you mentioned in the crash side about how um the pirates they don't fight you they no. fly away they run away they're scared yes. that's like the only time that they ever do that in the game and that's just such a little cool subtle story to telling story uh detail there where it's like oh these guys were just chilling, and you actually just caught them off guard. They're just like, <gasps> you know and what, so it's funny. I always
0: thought that they were flying away to go like warn somebody or something like <laughs> that's that. What I thought I don't well, think possibly that, yeah.
2: possibly that too. Yeah, but I always I just... took it
1: as like, oh, uh, Samus, Samus is here. Is here. Ah. Let's go tell some. I guess I don't yeah. have like cell phones or anything. Like they can't just yeah. report in. They have to go. Let's go write a, a, cell a cell pirate. You guys have cell somewhere. phones, right? I also thought it was a little taunting. They're like. Because, like every time you play the prime games, you can hear them making noises at you and like chirping at you. I always and just, like I was it, for me, I always interpreted it as they're gonna go tell someone and also like peace, like we're out, like I'm not, we're not even going to fight you because you can't. But even literally,
2: chase the them. meme where it's just like, yeah, like that's how I always wings? didn't think so. Because when
1: you fight the pirates, they're always
2: chirping at you. They're always saying something. They've got an attitude. But yeah, that whole room is just such a cool storytelling device because not only because not only do they fly off, but like you said, there's the crap, there's the crashed frigate, which I believe I, it's been a while since I've played Prime, but I believe you can actually scan it um, or something that says that it's the frigate. I can't remember if you can do that or not, but either I have way, and then that. I'm not sure. But but yeah, you start to wonder if that's just a background structure. But if you look very closely, you can see the door. Um, or okay. you could just check your map as well and see that there's a door on the map as well and be like, oh no, that is an area that I'm going to revisit later. Plus, you also have the broken Phazon container as well. Just there's so much subtle storytelling um, in this room alone that's just so cool. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's
0: a great room. Um, yeah, definitely the uh, the canyon is is another like interesting hub area for sure. So. Lot, like lots of areas in talent I feel like it's a theme that have multiple like exits that you can take which I which I mean I guess does make sense since it's like the the hub world um but uh yeah let's uh, do we have any more rooms that we want to talk about or should we move on to some of the lore that is present in here a, um, as it is
1: I feel like we've been talking about rooms for mad long and we we gotta we gotta we gotta get right. going um, okay
0: let's get guys, but, luckily
1: but but but, but okay there is one room i don't remember the name of it but there's like one alcove room that has like filtered light coming in from the top there might be an expansion there i wish i knew the name of the room but it has like this dispersed like light shining in it's really nice i think it's it's like an i think that's the space jump room is it i think there's an expansion or a pickup in it Um,
0: that might be that might be the space jump room does it have a roof over it or is the roof uh is there no roof
1: I think they're like as a partial roof, and that's where like the light kind of.
0: Yeah, I think that's a space. I think that's a space jump room. Very nice. Um, room.
1: Anyway, that, that's all I've got. <laughs> all right, so
0: we like to talk about the lore and what like these areas add to the overall story. I don't know that there is a whole lot of specific lore for Talon beyond like the general story of the game, because this kind of feels like the most untouched area of uh, of the planet in terms of like the the corruption from the Phazon, which is ironic since it's right over you know the. Uh, impact crater, but, um, I thought, you know, this is kind of cool. I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll read this and then we can move right on. Um, and this is straight from the Metroid wiki. Uh, so it goes like this, the, the prosperous Chozo colony on Talon 4 prophesies their own destruction foretelling that the worm would threaten them and that Samus or the entrusted one, uh, would come and encounter the worm. And a lot of that you, you kind of get from the, uh, the Chozo lore that's present in the artifact temple. So, um, just like some kind of cool, like little, little bits and pieces that you can learn about the Chozo, and obviously you can infer a lot about them from, like, their, you know, the Artifact Temple, which is, you know, a a monument to that civilization, uh, which obviously gets destroyed at the end of the game, but, um, you know, like I said, there, there's not, like, a ton of, of lore stuff, and in fact, most of it comes from the Artifact Temple, but there are a couple things that stick out to me. One, I love that, like, uh, which we'll talk about I guess, in detail when we talk about Ridley. But I, I do love that, like, the the um, lasers come and, like, just blast him away. It kind of makes me feel, like, hopeful that maybe, like, even though they're gone, like, the Chozo still have some agency over
1: their planet. Well, the ghosts show up. The ghosts show yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, at the end. The, yeah. the ghosts show the, Yeah, so I, I always thought that that was literally the ghosts, like, taking I mean, yeah. over the temple and using... and like popping them down because the ghosts do show up and then like the laser like the eyes turn red and the lasers shoot. So like you finally have like the ghosts on your side because yeah, very clearly I, like they're defensive until they realize oh Samus is she's the, right, she's fighting the to, one fighting to
0: eradicate this planet. Yeah, I, I I like that little bit of symbology that's just kind of like we're taking back this planet. I, I've always really liked that. And I always um you know one thing that I really like is that it, like I said, in terms of the other areas in in this game, this area seems like it's the most like uncorrupted or uninhibited or just uh, I don't know. It just it just seems like very special. There's lots of like um, rooms that feel I don't know. Like there's there's lots of rooms that feel like at one with nature almost. And there's there's probably uh, there's probably some kind of analogy in this uh, in this game about how like Phazon could be some kind of uh, allegory for civilization or something like that but uh, we, we won't have to get down there no. but uh
1: I, I think you're right there actually but i but i think that's a lot of what works so much about the town overworld is that even though the impact crater the leviathan literally hit right there and sure the chozo like seal it up which is mm-hmm. like that's the story of the game they seal it up they spread the artifacts around they build the temple on top of it so they can contain it but it took them a little while to seal it up and right. so the effects of the spread across the planet but it shows like the testament of like how strong nature is that like despite that the town overall's still lush it's still the fauna is still there very obviously radiated and and irritated you know and you can see like I, one mm-hmm. of the, my favorite things about prime is like you're walking by like again like a lichen wall and you can see like the blue radiation but still how like nature will keep nature will keep trucking it will out survive whatever you throw at it but it is interesting how like that's the impact it's not just the impact crater it's the in, it's the impact site of the leviathan hitting decades before Samus arrived mm-hmm. and the what the what the Chozo had to go through to contain it and obviously that's a big part of the story is how they did not survive that ordeal for the most part you know they either died or they left or they died with they went down with the ship right mm-hmm. and even still the town Overworld was able to adapt and there were some changes to the local wildlife and fauna, which circles back probably, to... Probably exacerbated
0: too, by those pesky sure. pirates in their minds.
1: Well, that's the thing, too, is the pirates then also show up and they get all, you know, involved as they yeah. usually do, which is which is always fun. But, yeah, that, that's a testament to how strong kind of the, the planet is. and Which, again, is a big theme because town itself has this massive scar on it from mm-hmm. where the Leviathan hit, right? Like, it's it's very... <laughs> like. The game doesn't really handhold you through this. It's very like it, it it doesn't expect the the player I think to be very dumb. It, you know, it it shows through action, through the how the place is built and, and what you see in very little bits of lore of the story behind the planet and that filters into what you experience in the game. So
2: it lets yeah. it lets you know how much of the story you want to know about it. If you're if you're curious about what's going on, the game knows that you'll be able to find it. And if not, the game will just, "Hey, that it's clearly not important, just keep on playing." Mhm.
0: Yeah, so uh I yeah, just really really effective in the way that it tells its story. Um let's talk about some of these enemies that are present in the Talon Overworld. The first two enemies and you can uh you'll probably simp- or agree with me on this doom. When I think of the Talon Overworld, the first two enemies now that are absolutely burned in my brain after like an entire weekend of Metro Prime Pinball are those Triclops and Burrowers. Those guys were everywhere. Actually, I don't even think there's like that many triclops the, in there
2: i thought the triclops are only in magmore they might yeah. be they you might be the now beetles? that i say
0: it but like because i was like so much metroid prime pinball i, I, I literally say, wrote like, down in, for enemies <laughs> i was like burrowers triclops these guys these guys are in talon and uh yeah i think you're right i think they're only under the greats in fazon and uh and then yeah, the burrowers
2: the burrowers i believe are in magmore and then there's the ice burrowers in fendrana if i remember correctly
0: well, those the burrowers. They I don't know if I got their name exactly right, but those are the the ants that Dak was talking about in that one room that pop up. Uh, oh no, those the Beatles. are the
2: beetles. The burrowers the are Beatles. the beetles. Beetles. Yeah,
0: I'm sorry. Yeah. that's the one I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, so those those two are now who I think of when I think of Talon, which is ironic since neither one of them are even in there very much. But uh, one thing, one one enemy that um, really sticks out to me, and in fact, is probably the enemy I think about most when I think of this area is the blood flowers and the sap sacks, which are like the, the like praying mantis kind of things that shoot out acid at you. And there's usually like the big yellow sacks that look like they're full of honey or something right by them. Um, I never, I always actually try and avoid shooting those sacks cause I feel bad. Like I'm
2: messing with nature.
0: Do you? Well, I mean, That's, if I, absolutely. if I have to, and you know, the ice beam gets them in one blast, which is kind of,
1: Satisfying. Well, you got to shoot the blood flowers. Those well, you definitely got to shoot the bloodflowers. flowers. hostile to you. Yes.
0: The, those guys. The... Those guys are pretty brutal. But I will never the... forget though the first time that that acid hits you and it's like and just melting yeah. on you. That's man, that was an awesome moment. The first time I played Metroid Prime. Um, uh, you know, this is completely unrelated actually, but I was I, when I was streaming Metroid Prime, a couple of my Zelda pals were in there watching who would n- never had played Metroid anything, and uh, I actually I believe it was in the. Uh, the the tree grove and I was in that room and something lit up and you saw Samus's reflection and they were like whoa so
1: pretty cool moment whoa yeah as a human in there yeah <laughs> so yeah it. these, oh, these oh, blood oh, flowers Metroid has
2: a face Mo- Metroid now a yeah. robot <laughs> um I I, I, I I think it's really interesting because I'm I I don't think it's ever explicitly said but I always kind of assume that the blood flowers were related to Flagra the fact that there's no blood flowers in chozo ruins so
1: hmm it's the one that's the one that survived the sand
2: uh, yeah the, the, the evolution took
1: its course i love flogger by the way one of my favorite awesome possibly. boss absolutely um, dope
0: there's actually like not uh, a bad boss i don't think in the in this game
1: i i agree with that um i would say for enemies that i always think of when it comes to Obviously, other than the Beatles, and you have Gamers, which are technically yes. not Zoomers or whatever, but they're like the same thing. Or it's I don't pretty know. cool um, seeing them
0: in three D though for the first time. Yeah, it was, yeah. and like
1: they they have a very similar like gameplay loop, which I always think is fun. But I I always think about the the weeds that slow you down whenever you're in like mm. Morph Ball mode they? The and I think they're like venom versions as well, the red-tipped ones. Yeah. But I always, I always, always think about that because when you first stop, start playing Prime and you mess around in the Overworld landing site, there's that little like water basin and like rock you can morph ball into. I think there might be an energy tank over there. Or there's something over there, and you run into those roots immediately. And they slow you down. You can like shoot them obviously to make them go down. I always think about that because I'm like, who's the developer who came up with this? Like, you know, it'd be fun. When you're in morph Ball mode, if you just slowed down and slowed <laughs> to a halt, that would be fun. But I, I it's not even like a big deal. Where I ever was ever really bothered by it, but I always think about that. And this, I was, I was thinking about the little wiggly guys. So that's yeah. my favorite. If they're considered
2: an enemy,
0: I th- yeah, I favorite. think they are. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think what's really interesting is a lot of the plant, a lot of the plant life throughout Metroid Prime itself, but especially in Talon Overworld, it feels a lot more sentient than typical plant life. And I mm. and. You know, we were talking about the blood flowers, but another thing that sticks out to me is uh, the blast caps—the mushrooms that will actually explode if you get too close to them. Which I don't know; it feels a little bit uh, counterintuitive there for your survival mechanism. But nonetheless, they will just straight up, just uh, straight up, just eat you if you, uh, you know, get too close to them.
0: Yeah. There you go. Uh, I mentioned them earlier, but I'm going to mention them again. Those damn aqua vine or aqua reapers, rather, <laughs> and the regular ones too. The the regular ones are okay, but uh, oh my god. The ones in the water just flip flapping around, and at you. just in your way constantly. Golly. You know, there is. You guys can um, can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. I actually, now that I've figured it out, I don't even know if it's a Metroid Prime 1, but I wanted to say that there is an enemy. That is in like a small little alcove room. Kind of like the, the one that the space uh, the space jump is in. And I'm, I thought it was in Talon. And this enemy only appeared in this one room. And it was kind of far away. And you had to scan it in order to, to complete your logbook. And now that I'm thinking about it. I, I, didn't, I don't know if it's in the here. I was looking for it when I was going through the game. But I never saw it. If any of you guys know what I'm talking about. Or anyone listening knows what I'm talking about. Uh, let me know. But uh, I was, I was kind of had my eye out for it, and I looked a little bit on Metroid Wiki and didn't really see what I was talked about. But I, I swear I'm not crazy. I think that enemy exists, and I thought it was in Talon, but I, I guess not.
2: Well, I know there's the ice streak bats in Fendrana that I, I believe they disappear after you get the spider ball. Correct me if I'm wrong, somebody, but but those are those are like the only ones that I can think of off the top of my head. Mm. I,
1: I'm not sure. in the comments about your yeah. obscure
2: enemies that
1: only appear in one room. Let's know, let's
0: know. I know something disappears after uh, you get the Spider-Ball, and we'll talk about that in a second. But before we get there, let's talk about the boss of Talon Overworld. And that, of course, is Meta Ridley. Woo! My God. Very cinematic fight. Awesome fight. Um, I will say, I think I'll stick by it. It's not my favorite Ridley fight, but I do, I love the presentation of it. Um... I love the the fight, it's, especially like the the first like 75% is good, but the last 25% when Ridley's wings aren't working, then it's a brawl, then it's like, this is awesome. Um, so I love that part, before there's a little bit, there's, there's just a little too much standing around waiting for him to fly around for me, um, which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't, I, I feel like personally for me, like when I fight Ridley, I want to like have it like be that brawl, just because that's the style of Ridley fight that I really like, but, uh, you know, amazing, amazing scenery, amazing stage for this fight. Um, the music of course is, is awesome. Uh, you know, the game has been building up to this moment. So I, I think it's a great payoff and, uh, you know, one of the, definitely one of the better Ridley fights in the series.
1: I, I have a lot to say about this one, so Doom, I don't know if you want to go first, because I've got a lot to say. All right,
0: Doom, you but... better go first, buddy.
2: All right, I'll, I'll make my thoughts quick. So I, obviously, I've talked about my favorite Ridley fight before, which is ironically the Samus Returns fight, even though I'm of the opinion it shouldn't have been in that game. Neither here nor there, though. Uh, this fight is pretty decent. I don't quite rank it as my favorite, though, just because, one, I don't think Ridley has enough unique attacks, especially in that uh, second phase of the fight. I wish there was a little more variety. Um, and also, I think he, um, I think he telegraphs his attack way too far in advance. Personally, I really like the dread method, where they'll still telegraph the attacks, but you only have, you only have so so long to react to it. And I right. feel like those are more satisfying boss fights for me. I, I, I think, I think Ridley goes a little too easy on you personally, but um, who knows? Maybe, maybe that can change in the rumored Prime remaster. But anyways, I'll hand it over to you now, Dak. I have a lot to say about this fight. I love this fight so much. Um... I believe it came up in,
1: like, a Kiwi Talks where they talked about how you're going to have, like, the canyon fight against Ridley. Yes. And I think you do get a little bit of that, like, in the intro where he swoops in and he flies through the canyon and he, like, you know, makes his big entrance, which I really love. And I remember I read an article not too long ago about um, Prime and how, I I don't remember who wrote it or what site I read it on, but they were talking about how, like, Oh, like this fight doesn't go into like their shared history and blah 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 like there isn't like a moment of impact which I think like again this game doesn't hold your hand and I, I what I really love about this is number one The the game obviously built up to this I mean, but in a lot of ways it became so much more right like Samus chases really down to the planet But she gets involved in uh, something that's way more important right mm-hmm. learns about what happened to the Chozo learns what's deep underneath the surface of the planet learns about having to take care of that and the effects that that's going to have over time, Ridley at, becomes kind of like a, a footnote in that way, which I think is fine because he leads to that. But then he comes back. At the, like, Ridley is perfect at coming at the most inopportune times. And that's that's literally what he does. Like, he shows up like, oh, I'm about to head into the impact crater. I'm about to get this done, take care of the worm, take care of metric prime. Nope, Ridley shows up. And it makes sense because he doesn't just show up. There's a massive light show. A laser literally blasts up into the sky. Of course he sees it. And he's been flying around like he just like oh hey, uh, that's where Samus is, is obviously. He swoops in, the music immediately changes. He comes in hard and he like he, he drops a bunch of bombs on Samus. He dips down past the the ledge and then flies back up, blasting his laser around like just like just making a huge scene for no good reason because that's that's Ridley right there. That's that's quintessential Ridley. Um, I love this this fight because I think I, I do agree Doom that he might have had a bit more move diversity at some moments but i love the kit that he does have like he has a multi-missile missile system he's dropping he's doing drive-bys with his bombs he's blasting at you with his laser he's doing jump attacks he's swiping at you he's charging you like i love how they built on the classic ridley fight and made it a, a very different but also very fitting to the game mm. it doesn't bog down the player with any kind of like oh there has to be a moment like nope Ridley shows up ready to fight. Samus shows up ready to fight. They get down to business immediately. It's great. Um, I, I I get what you're saying with the the pacing of the the fight. There is a bit of like, okay, you're watching him come around. But I kind of like I, I kind of like that as much as I also love Ridley fights where you're just spamming missiles blah, 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 until he dies. This I think is great because they could have just done that. They could have just had a fight where Sam, Ridley just sits there and just is a bull is a, a damage sponge. They could have done that. I liked how they they changed it up and they did it differently. I think you have a, a there's a lot more impact and it looks cool when Ridley's flying out in the distance and you see his massive like wing, neon wings mm-hmm. and you, you know he does his drive bys like it adds a little bit more depth to it rather than him just kind of sitting there and being a bullet sponge. So I do like that. Obviously, it's really cool how his wings burn away and he gets to fight you on the ground. That's a really nice shift, and uh, the the area destruction. He's blasting away at the the artifact Act temple. Fantastic. Everything blows yeah. up like it's so cool, so awesome. Like Ridley does not care, respecting about the chosen whatsoever. He blows that stuff up.
0: Um, it's also a good way yeah. to like, practically speaking, to get health too. To kind of lure him by like one yep. of the uh, one of the artifacts. I think yeah, you know what, Doom. I actually think that maybe maybe I actually. Don't mind waiting for him to fly around as much as I do. I just I wish he had like a cool attack while he was flying around. Maybe that's actually more so what it is. I like the, I like that
2: the I'm missile thinking about
1: drops, it. but I'm I, I understand that.
2: I still think yeah. his kid's cool. He it's more like... so the second phase where it kind of bothers me more because I because I I'm more on right. Dax side where I actually do kind of like how he flies super far away because there isn't really. Any boss fight in Metroid that's ever done that before, or even yeah. since then, where the boss will just a, such a it will just dip, it. it will just dip, and you can still lock on to Ridley, but he'll yeah, just be he's way so off far of this, away, and
0: can still track him. And then it's before you know weird. it,
2: he'll just rush in like an F eighteen, just right. like, yes, I, like I guess what right. I'm saying is like
0: if if he was flying so far away, but like all of a sudden he's like, boom, there's lasers coming at you, or like there's a bunch of like something to kind of keep you moving instead of just like standing around like waiting for him to fly, but. That being said, I, I think that like everything else about this fight certainly makes up for the lack of, of, of moves or like the you know, the the pacing of the fight. Like I think I think that the presentation of the fight is is critical to it and the presentation is fantastic. So yeah, it, 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 it's it certainly I, I think it more than makes up for any shortcomings in the actual Ridley fight. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I, I should good. I should point it out there. Despite my criticisms, I still really enjoy the fight. It's super hype and, mm-hmm. uh, and in my opinion, I think Dak, you agree with this as well. Best Ridley design hands. I was down. about to say. Best so Ridley glad design. first four figures chose this mm-hmm. design for their statue. Yeah, yeah, I it got that awesome. statue. Um, it looks
0: menacing.
1: It's sick, mm-hmm. it's, it, and I love that they could have just brought Ridley back like normally, but like they work it into the lore. He was rebuilt. And he just looks sick, and like, and I love how his head is shaped, like mm-hmm. it's so like sharp and menacing. His eyes, like, it's so cool. And and I think it does mix it up a little bit during the fight. Like the there's technically I think kind of like three phases. Like the first phase, he's dropping bombs, he's blowing up the missiles. The second phase, he kind of works the laser in a bit more, and then you get to the ground phase where he does his stuff and he has like the 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 shockwave or whatever it is in the mm-hmm. charge. Um, and then obviously the music, I think it's my favorite Ridley theme. It's awesome. It's such a shift in the game's music as well. Like, it's so very, like, contrasting. Like, everything else in the game. Um, It fits Uh, his theme Especially this
0: this section. Everything in this this section is so serene. Do you... Yeah. We could probably... Do you guys have anything that you want to add about Ridley, or should we just transition right into the music here?
1: I just want to say one more thing. is The end of the fight, which, you know, Ridley... He's beaten up, he's blasted back, and then the Chozo ghosts show up, and the, the temple comes alive, and they just all hone in on him, and he gets lasered. But my favorite part about this is he gets lasered, he falls into this canyon, and then he just blows up. Like, mm. um, such an explosion that it can be seen from the top of the cannon, through the mist, through the clouds. It is absolutely incredible. And, like, again, Ridley has to go out... in the the, he has to do the most right he has to show up with huge fanfare music change theme change flies in he's you know ready to go and then of course he has to go out without a not not with a whimper with a roar (laughs) Gets literally blown up like twice and still survives somehow yeah that's my man right there
0: now that you mention it you know what's really cool that i'm just kind of thinking is like would Samus have beat him without those Chozo like coming and saving the day? I'm not sure. I feel Would, like
2: because he, he was like pretty beaten he was pretty up, pretty done point. at that. He, point. Point. he wasn't like putting up much of a fight. in But that
0: like like maybe not. And and thinking even in Prime Three Corruption, when you're in the shaft and you're going down and you're fighting him, uh, you know, it's circumstance kind of defeats Meta Ridley in that scenario as well. And like Samus certainly, of course, damages Meta Ridley, but like the Chozo go and. <laughs> uh better ridley itself off. for everybody watching on youtube right oh, now no! which i encourage you to do we've oh got oh no off. We, we've got a headless
2: head. oh, ridley. No. oh my god you have you have carpet right yeah
0: he's fine oh my okay. god okay well we had we had dak grabbing a first four figure
1: Ridley statue and his head
0: just fell right off his like the chozo just, just blasted him away
1: in the impact in fact, crater this thing is heavy bro um yeah, look at him. look at that He's guy. So good. Look at that guy. All right, I'm gonna put him back. Damn. Yeah. Be,
0: be careful with him. Uh. Yeah. Food for thought. Food for thought. Cause like you you technically kind of defeat him with the Chozo's assistance in this fight. You technically kind of defeat him with the the elevator or not the elevator, but like the shaft in Prime Three. And you kind of beat like a weird mutated version of Ridley later in that game. So you never really truly put the finishing blow yourself on uh, on Meta Ridley. Food for thought. Alright, Doom. You've been waiting this entire time, this entire show, for this moment. Now we're here. We are going to talk about the music of Talon Overworld. And when I was... Uh, so I streamed for like four and a half hours the other day. I was like, I gotta finish this this Metroid Prime game before we do Mapping Metroid. And uh, I beat it. And the credits were rolling. I was kind of doing some of this, like leaning back, taking, uh, taking a load off, whatever. And uh, I look back up, and we're at the point of the credits, and the first name I see is Kenji Yamamoto. And I was just like... I, I a couple of my uh, friends from Zelda Dungeon, including Allison, were in the chat. And I was like, let me tell you about this Doomadal Crossing guy. This guy absolutely loves Yamamoto. And if you... Like, he is like a music scientist. Uh, so I know Yo, that, I wouldn't
2: go that far. I'm not uh, a You're more a scientist
0: fan, than I am. <laughs> but... Um, I, I really quickly, I just want to talk about some of the themes that, I mean, I'll, I'll give like my pedestrian, uh, you know, input on the themes and I'll turn it over to you. Um, I, I want to say, obviously the Artifact Temple music is, is absolutely incredible and serene. And, uh, but the, the piece of music that I really think of when I think of the talent overworld is that first, like the quiet piano that it almost sounds like you can hear the rainfall and, and within like the, the quiet, like do 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 yeah. of of brinstar comes in oh my god that's so awesome that is such yes. an amazing moment and then like the, once you get the spider ball um that theme is gone which is too bad but then the actual Talon overworld music comes in too and like i i don't i don't know if i appreciated it at the time but every time i hear it now it has that like classic like metroid prime style synth to it like the do do and and like yeah. it's it, 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 it kind of like, has
2: it has the synthesized theremin kind of um, patch yeah, to it, it when i hear I can't that really good
0: <laughs> when i hear that it makes me just like think of metroid prime's musical style in general like for the entire trilogy like kind of makes me feel like very nostalgic so i love that theme i love the criteria uh remix um the the artifact temple is is incredible the the meta ridley music is is, is pretty good And, uh, you know, we're not talking about it in this particular mapping Metroid, but also like the, I mean, the, the down frigate is, is incredible. So the, it's like the five bangers in one area. It's actually disgusting how awesome the music is in this
2: area. To be fair. I mean, we're talking about Metroid prime, a game that is literally filled from head to toe with bangers, regardless, whether, whether it's just in the context of the area or if you're just listening to, uh, the tracks on their own right,
0: you go to phase on minds and you're like this area, this music is okay. And then you go back oh, to Oh no, Talon I love Overworld. I love the
2: phase on minds theme. Phase well, on minds is the
0: Whatever though. You go back to talent, it's like, oh my god, that's like mm-hmm. God, this is awesome. Can you, like, man, if they played if they played that criteria theme at the club, I would lose my mind. I would go nuts. <laughs> I'd be on that floor. Anyway, Doom, I this is uh you've been waiting for this. Take it away.
2: Well, actually, I already talked a lot well, at least in regards to the Planet Talon 4 theme, uh, with uh, Lacey Johnson, because this is actually one of the recurring themes we talked about, since it's appeared in uh, multiple iterations throughout the series, most recently in Samus Returns. But yeah, we both agree that this first iteration, when you land on Talon Four, um, and for many of the reasons that we uh, talked about, we were talking about that landing site and kind of how it sets up the game. Mm. And a big part of that is not just the artistic direction of the environment and those storytelling moments; it's the music itself. And again, I'm gonna go on my I'm gonna go on my little spiel here because it's. So important to the very the very fundamental formulas of Metroid, but back in 1986, a man named Hirokazu Hip Tanaka had a quote that I'm just uh, not a, not a direct quote that quote that I'm going to spill right here, but a, summa, a summation of it, where he wanted to make the environment and the music feel as if it was a singular breathing creature. And this for <clears throat> excuse me, this first Metroid Prime game composed by Kenji Yamamoto um and his um assistant whose name i cannot remember right now unfortunately but primarily by yamamoto san i think this is the ed epitome of that philosophy mm. of that philosophy of taking the music and combining it with the environment um, in subtle ways with the path, with the patches that almost make it like it's creating this gray area between the diegetic and non-diegetic worlds. You know, we've talked about the theremin pitches that almost sound like it's the whistles of the cho- of the Chozo. You know, a lot of these choirs that almost sound alien in nature, they don't sound human and, st- and stuff like that. Um, you have the fauna, which almost feels like it's serving as the percussion. And there's so much, and all of this is up to interpretation, but all of that plays into why I think that, you know, the music throughout this area, and again, especially that Planet Talon 4 piece just works so well as not only a storytelling device, but just a piece of music in its own right. Oh, hey there. Hey we there, a, Kitty. We got a cat
0: on yeah. stream. <laughs> yeah, cat. Zora, a we're recording cat. the Omega Metroid podcast here. Get out of here.
2: No, I want, a, I want more Kitty. I've just gotten out. Sorry. Continue Oh no, that was it. That was actually perfect timing. I just finished my little spiel there. Well,
1: I feel like I don't know. I I, I expelled so much energy for the Ridley talk that now I'm I'm petered out. Um, yeah, well, that was pretty intense. When his that, head came off, the sta- the statue really took a lot out of me. Um, I'll, I'll, all I all I want to say really is because you guys already kind of covered it. Yes, the the music is awesome, great. All, you know, I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. obviously the artifact temple gorgeous you got like the harps and the strings with the choir in the background uh kind of like it, it's 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 perfect and you, obviously the down frigate themes both the ambient and the main theme which we're not talking about that but beautiful but i do love how you have town overworld and then you have like the depth theme which is like you have the ambient version and then you have like the banger like the the bop which kind of is like similar to how fendrona drifts has the main theme and then the depths theme which again a little oh more god. synthy, a little more, you know, has been overbeat to it. It's like, uh, it's, it's it's kind of like, it's like what you would listen to while you're out venturing can out there. You, in, can you imagine,
0: if, and I know we're not talking about Fendrana, but can you imagine if you were at the club and Fendrana's Edge came on? Oh my god. Mm. I would go yeah. berserk. I I'd buy a little oh, yeah, water be, drink.
2: I would be popping in the club, everyone oh. else would just be stopped, they would just be staring at me, just like, what is this guy? And I'd just be like, let's go.
1: But yeah, of mm. course, the metally the theme is mad good. But yeah, I, I think... A lot of this stuff is, and I'm no music ex- expert, so I don't have the words to really describe how much I like this stuff. But like the Cho- the artifact temple theme always like makes me like reminisce about a place I've never been to, a time I was never alive for, you know. In terms of like mm. the chozo being there and all that kind of stuff, it just has it's such a the melody and harmony behind it, is so it's so incredible. And then yeah, I love that like the do 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 do, you know, and you just got the depths theme going, and and that like breakdown in the middle with that like single like synth playing on its own, like it's really dope it has that classic like a lot of the classic metroid prime motifs in there mm. um very groovy higher tempo you got like the symbols in the back like perfect stuff um yeah so i mean that's that's the thing about what makes metroid so good is it's not just like the gameplay or the setting it has the music as well like that's what makes it such a perfect area everything
0: working them. in harmony together exactly uh, yeah. yeah absolutely fantastic all right Let's do some uh, housekeeping here. Of course, in the Talon Overworld, you collect the space jump or the space jump boots. Sorry. Um, after uh, After you get the boost ball, you can come back here on your second visit, and you can grab them. Uh, this is the actual point, which is kind of a little bit of a pain in the butt because you're you're all the way in Fendrana, and then you got to go all the way back to Talon, and you got to get those space jump boots, and then you got to go all the way back to Fendrana after. But that's okay. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you get the X-Ray Visor in, um, in um, 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 the, Life the Life Grove, uh, which also is the same room that you get the Artifact of Chozo in. And, mm. and, of course, you get the Artifact of Truth in the Artifact Temple at the beginning of the game. Um, nope. I didn't have, like, a ton of expansions that really stuck out to me here, except for the one that we kind of already mentioned earlier, which was the, uh, the Great Tree Hall that has the uh, invisible platforms that you can get to once you get the X-Ray Scope, or even really before you get the X-Ray Scope, if you are an eagle-eyed adventurer. Um, nothing else really that sticks out. There actually isn't a ton of expansions in here. There's there's nine missile expansions, two energy tanks. Um, one of the ones that I always remember for some reason is in the landing site when you uh, when you turn into a ball and you roll through those uh, little squiggly things that you were talking about earlier, Dak, and you can get uh, some missiles there. Um, so that is that was uh, one that sticks out to me. But yeah, I, I don't know that this... I would even actually maybe suggest that there aren't like a a ton... Maybe like a half dozen expansions in this game that really stick out to me as being like... Oh, that was like really creative and and like I had to work to get that expansion. I I think that most of the expansions in this game are kind of just like... Seek them out, find them and solve like maybe a little puzzle before you get them. And I, I think that that definitely applies to Talent Overworld. Not that that's necessarily... A bad thing but uh yeah it doesn't really have that that's kind of like the Metro prime games in general a lot of these expansions when we get talking about some areas we're just like oh you had to crazy shine spark do this that that uh, which obviously isn't uh you know a, a thing really in Metro prime but um uh, yeah that's uh that's not really a, a bad thing either i don't think any expansions stick out to you guys
2: not really no um, honestly, of all things, stick out to me. It's again, it's that uh, that twirly little uh, Spider Ball track. That's like the big set piece for me yeah. in terms of like how you use your abilities. Right,
1: I, I agree. And I'm not like a completionist when it comes to Metro games, so like I usually don't retain a lot of them where they are. I just need what I need to complete the game. Um, I remember the artifacts that are there, which how can you fe- how, how can you forget those? So you can't, uh, you can't, because you you need them. It's like when you play Donkey Kong 64 and you're forced to play those two arcade games at the very end of the game um, before you get to the King K. Rool boss fight. You need to do it.
0: There's a hack yeah, for that, by the way. You can, uh, I think, is, is it Jetpack? Yeah. In Jetpack, you if you stand at the edge and you shoot like into the screen, it will shoot on the other side, too. So you're effectively invincible if you just stand there and shoot. I learned that playing Donkey Kong 64.
1: So there you go food for thought are you serious yeah yeah totally I've this is the first time I've learned this information I, lo- I love I love Donkey Kong 64 it's literally on my wall right here <laughs> like, and I, I've i literally I did not know that. you know how long it yeah. took me to beat those arcade games forever oh yeah the first I, time I played as a kid I didn't know I, I
0: would have to see the exact spot or like I'd have to see the, the room to, to tell you exactly where to stand but I remember looking I'm pretty sure I looked it up on gamefacts.com actually Anything. And, uh, you, you stay there, you shoot, um, and your bullet will go through. It's like Pac-Man. You, you go on one side of the screen yeah. and you come in the other. It's so, like your bullets are there. It's so, like nothing can, can touch you. It's, it's awesome. Wow. Uh, all
1: right. That is blowing my mind right now. Well, wow. wow. wow, wow what
0: wow. a note to, to end on here. Uh, so we've talked about the talent overworld. We've mapped it sufficiently, uh, it, an absolutely incredible area. One of the most. I, I honestly think, like, one of the most important areas of Metroid, because it's your first, I know that you have the Orpheon, but this is really your first, like, main area and the first 3D Metroid. It was, uh, very much laid the foundation for, for what this game was going to be, what the, what the feel was going to be, like, the aesthetic, the, the harmony, as we talked about, and, of course, this, this area does it, uh, so, so, so well, um, just a, just a, Incredible, incredible area. That I mean, we we didn't even get to a really big part of it because there's so much going on in this area that we decided to save it for another um, for another show that we're that we'll do. So I mean, like I, I think when I think of Metroid Prime, I think a lot of us probably think of like Fedrana as as the best area, and I think I I think I'd probably say that it is my favorite area. But like, man, Talon Overworld is right there with it. Um, and frankly, all the areas of Metric Prime are awesome, but uh, there's something just really special about Talon to me and uh, it, it's, you know, it's, I'll never forget that that first time, that feeling, stepping off that ship and the the stillness and the rain and the music, like, it just, uh, oh, it was, it was incredible. It was incredible.
1: Yeah, no, I think you nailed it. I think we covered a lot on this area, just, which really goes to show how much there is a the talk about and appreciate and love about tale and overworld it's like i mean like there's that like one art piece of artifact i think that was tied to like metroid metal or whatever that like when they did their remix and there's that like panoramic view hmm. um it's such an iconic area you know what i'm talking about doom um there's there's it, it's like when i think of metroid prime i immediately think of Town Overworld. And Fendrana Drifts, you know, and, like, the impact. But, like, Town Overworld, like, it's such a perfect, like you said, a perfect, a real introduction. Like, sure, the frigate is, like, kind of a tutorial. It's kind of the prologue. Town Overworld's where the game really starts. And I think that's, like we were talking about earlier, I think that's when, if anyone had any doubts about Metroid's transition to 3D, they were, no pun intended, washed away when they arrived at Town Overworld. And for good reason, because it's one of the best designs in a game Really ever, I think, especially for a game of that caliber and a game in that genre and style. I'm glad we were able to talk about it because uh, it's it's incredible, foot to toe, soup to nuts. It's uh it's it's an awesome, 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 awesome area. So yeah, love it.
2: Yeah, the um the artist of that piece you're referring to is a guy named Lightning Arts, I believe. Um he has a he has a red page, and I believe you can actually purchase posters of that artwork that he's done, that panorama art. He also has like stuff from Super Metroid and Fusion as well. Um, that uh, coincided with uh, Metroid Metal. He also did some stuff for the First Harmony of a Hunter album. Mm. Uh, so some really cool stuff there. Yeah, we incredibly to do a
1: Metroid Metal episode. Not to call you up, but we have to do a Metroid Metal episode, I think. And I, I, I would be totally be down to, uh, for, that. On there for that.
2: I've yeah. seen them I've seen I saw them live in a 2014 in San Francisco, so that was pretty dope. So literally nice. we're approaching we're approaching
1: the 10th the 10th anniversary of the most recent track released, April 18th. 2013 was the sector 4 release. By the way, Town Overworld was released November 15th, 2010. Um I what what can we do to get him them to to make let's, another uh, track?
2: Let's
0: what put can some dealers out behind the scenes and get this done? But do finish maybe
2: tweet at him. I mean, uh Grant Henry, um Stemogy, I mean, he's still active on Twitter, so I mean, if you want more Metroid Metal, I guess um tell him how much community? you love
1: it. 3 I know he but like he has to know. He has to know that everyone loves it. How do you like one more track? For the one time, the decade. Come on, give me Watch my...
2: watch, it's going to be a dread track deck.
1: I I literally as I <laughs> said I, I was about to
2: say I was like,
1: please. <laughs> maybe actually maybe we should wait until Metro Prime 4 comes out. Then when there's an inevitable banger at OST, I'll be like, bro, for the one time, for old time's sake, please, one more Metro- like if I if I was rich, I would be bankrolling Metroid <laughs> Metal.
0: <laughs> get sure. rich
1: or I'm die work, trying I'm working on it I'm team. working
0: on um, alright well that uh, that is gonna do it my friends for this episode of Mapping Metroid we promise we're not gonna make you wait another six months for the next edition of Mapping Metroid we're gonna be uh, we're gonna try and pump these out a little bit more quickly here um, I, I loved this talk about uh, the Talon overworld it was fantastic I think that uh, nobody dives into an area in Metroid like uh, like we do on this podcast so Uh, awesome and an awesome chat with you guys and I hope that if you guys are watching on YouTube uh, you liked watching our faces and seeing some of our uh, reactions and animations as we talk about one of our favorite areas in the Metroid series series. Um, so yeah let us know if you have any feedback or anything like that Uh, in the meantime we are going to get out of here of course we want you to uh, to check us out over on Twitter uh, at Omega Metroid Pod, I'm at cemetery 316 Dak is at Dak City underscore and Doom is at Doominal Cross. Uh, check out OmegaMetroid.com for uh, for all your Metroid needs, news, thought pieces, guides, maps, etc. You name it, it's there. We've got something special that I'm working on too. That should be live in uh, the next little bit as well. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, we are going to get out of here, but. Everybody, we will see you next week. Take care.